For what I know, this is the shortest homily ever. How if today I say, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing, and I go and sit down. <laughs> well, in, my, in the first year of my college, I was studying a little bit of theology because I was in a Catholic university. And while reflecting on many things in the class, it dawned on me that we have so many miracles in the Gospels. We know that. Not only in the Gospels, but only in the Acts of the Apostles. I was reading the Acts maybe for the first time ever. There seemed to be going on pretty amazing things for the first Christians. We have been people being cured by Peter's shadow. We have paralytics walking, thousands of conversions, the Holy Spirit visibly coming down upon the apostles, Peter having visions. We have people like Paul converting in a very miraculous way. So I asked the professor, why is it that these things are not happening anymore? What happened with, with all of this? And I don't remember exactly what kind of answer I got, but it was a non-satisfactory one. I didn't like what she had to say. Because she said something like, well, you should pay attention to the Bible, the Bible's still alive, blah, 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 blah. blah. But I wanted to know, how is this fleshed out Today, is this just something that happened in the past and we, okay, nice memories, it was great when it happened, but what, what is there for us today, for us? Time went on and I still have that question and have been thinking about that on and off. It's probably the question some people had in the time of Jesus when he read the scriptures in the synagogue as well. They knew what he was reading because they have heard the word of God many, many times. So they knew about the Exodus, the crossing of the Red Sea. They knew the stories of Moses holding a serpent with his own hands or striking the rock so that it may give water they knew the stories about Joshua stopping the Jordan River in its course so that they could cross. They knew all of those wonderful stories, and they probably asked the same questions. Is this all just past, nice, beautiful, even real stories, but condemned to just be in the past? Is this all confined to history only? When is it all going to become true again? Are we going to see this or not? And it's a fair question. Now, there is a psalm that puts it this way. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious has he in anger shut up his compassion? So 
did he run out of power? Or is he old now and he cannot perform any of that anymore? Or he withdrew his compassion, which is even worse. Than... So what's going on? Why is it not working anymore? Now, Jesus, when he walked in the synagogue in Nazareth, he read a text from Isaiah, who was more or less 900 years old at the time he read it. So it's a very old text. And Jesus breaks new ground when he reads it. Because even though it's a very short homily, it's the best one I've ever heard. Because he says, in case you're wondering when is this all going to happen, know that it is happening right now. In your hearing, this is happening now. You don't have to wait anymore. Because I'm God's reply to all your questions and answers. And when John the Baptist, he was in jail, and he was doubting, this was the Messiah, he got the same response. Jesus told the disciples of John the Baptist, go and tell John what you heard and see. The blind received their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. So it's happening in our midst. Everything comes to fulfillment. The Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus himself. He fulfills more than 300 prophecies of the Old Testament, which is pretty amazing. Some of them, some might say, well, he studied a lot the Old Testament and he made a point of fulfilling them. But it's impossible to fulfill where are you going to be born. Or how much are they going to pay the one who betrays you. That was also one of the prophecies. 30 pieces of gold, of silver. So I would suggest to you to look, and you have in your handout, some prophecies, some fulfillments to look up during the week. I didn't put the 300 and something in there, just a, a few of them with our gospel passage so that you can relate and have a sense of how everything is fulfilled in Christ. <coughs> but after the, doing this, Jesus just not only went on vacations, he continues to work now, here and now. Once they objected Jesus, they came up to him and said, what do you work on? why do you work on a Sabbath? And he replied, my father, this is one of my best favorite Bible quotes ever. Because some people ask me, Father, do you ever rest? And I say, John 5, 17. Nobody knows what it is. But I'll tell you, it's this. My father is working still, and I am working. And it's true. The Lord, not me, Jesus, right? I take some rest. But Jesus works. He's always at work. He doesn't take any rest. The reason, and this is applicable to us now, his words are still alive. We said in the, the psalm, his words are spirit and life. 
Now, the difference between our words and his words are than our words do nothing. When a mother tells her children, go take a shower, guess what? That doesn't happen right away, most of the time. It's not that you say something and that happens. But that's exactly what doesn't happen with the word of God. When God said, let there be light, it was light. And when he said, woke up, rise up and walk, paralytic, he rose up and walked. His words have performative power. They perform what they say, not so our words. So it's good to see that Jesus keeps on doing this. He did just that in the synagogue. He said, this is accomplished because I'm doing it right now. His words are so powerful and not just a declamation. They are, if I may say it, pragmatic. They are effective. They do what they signify. And we know that not only in Jesus' time, but today too. And I'm going to tell you a little aha moment that I had this morning. I was celebrating the Mass, and uh, I realized how true these words of the Gospel are when I elevated the host. I was right after consecration, and I raised Jesus in my hands, and I had just said Jesus' words. This is my body. And I show Jesus to the congregation. And a sort of like voice in my head, it was obviously, I'm not crazy, right? But uh, said, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Those very words of Jesus were fulfilled. And are fulfilled in each sacrament. When the priest says, I absolve you from your sins, your sins are forgiven. Because God's words are not like ours. They do what they signify. And this is not only true in the sacraments. Of course it is, because there is grace in the sacrament and the power of his words are true, but also in each one of us. Christ lives in each one of us. Christ lives in me when I'm in the grace of God. He lives in me. So it's also true and important to realize that he wants to fulfill his words, not just in the sacraments, but in you and me. And I would suggest two ways of meditating of this. The first one is to reflect what has happened in your life that is a re-editing of a gospel passage. And the more I live, the more I see that the Lord has come to bring to fruition some gospel passages in my own life without me knowing or realizing maybe at the moment. So when did you have your Pentecost? When were you at the foot of the cross? When did you see healing? When did you see someone being liberated? 
not physically, but spiritually, when were you liberated? Because this scripture passage is being fulfilled in our hearings. And not only that, because Jesus lives in us, he, was, he wants to flesh out the gospel in your life. So it's not that we have to search out like I did where, where those miracles happening. I had to look in me. So the second route to reflect on this is to think, what page of the New Testament would you like Jesus to re-edit, to recreate, to play it out in your own life? If you could ask Jesus to reenact one gospel passage in your life, what would it be? And I assure you, if you ask with faith, it will happen. Because the grace is effective. And the Holy Spirit is effective. So, as we hear God's word today and as we celebrate the Eucharist, let us bring to mind and remember this with great faith. This scripture passage is fulfilled today in our hearing.